Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman and with a pina colada in hand and the sound of the Caribbean Sea in the background, it's time for your daily cricket hit from Barbados, where England coach Trevor Bayliss isn't intending on deploying any Marcello Bielsa type scouting of the West Indies. There's no real... Uh... No real secrets between uh, teams and players. Um, they get to play you know, with and against each other a fair bit these days. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of information out there. So you won't be having anyone watching the West Indies when they go to the Kensington Oval, say? <laughs> uh, no, no, we'll, uh, you know, we'll concentrate on what we're doing. You know, we'll concentrate on us playing, playing well because we know if, you know, if we play to our ability, um, you know, we'll, be, we'll be difficult to beat. More of that interview coming up. And we also touch base with some of the 9,000 England cricket fans arriving this weekend ahead of the first test, which you can hear exclusively live on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Not sure about the quality of the opposition that they're playing, to be fair, uh, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Mm. Um, everybody looks in decent nick, so, yeah, hoping for good things. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Um, seeing lots of it on the TV and mm. want to be a part of it, really. Yeah. Plenty to get into in and outside of the cricket ground and we will look to cover it all if you like what you hear be sure to subscribe to your favorite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from england's tour of the caribbean you're listening to following on well after four days at the very sedate setting of the three w's oval and uh, beautiful four days it was too quite relaxed uh, we've had another relaxing day Macca uh, but we've had a chance just to look around the island last night myself and Sam went to Oyston's which is very famous in these parts uh, if you like fried fish loud bass heavy music uh, cheap beer good atmosphere uh, all under the uh, Caribbean night sky that certainly is a place for you today well we sampled a bit more of the beach culture walking f- throughout the St Lawrence Gap which has got some very familiar sounding beach names Dover Beach, Worthing Beach, Hastings, uh, but not too much about the south coast of England uh, about it aside from that. Absolutely lovely day there. Yeah, the similarities basically begin and end with the names, don't they? Uh, tell you what was interesting, actually. We were sitting just having a, a drink at a cafe on the beach. Was to what We're not a million miles away from the airport. And there were five flights arrived from the UK in what an hour What that we were sitting there. I mean, we mentioned in yesterday's podcast about, what is it, 9,000 Brits 
are expected by the end of this weekend to be on Barbados. Well, that tells you all you need to know when we watch five flights arrive in the space of an hour. Including, of course, Matt Pryor's who was on one of the British Airways flights, our engineer, most important guy on the tour. He arrived yesterday. Uh, we've got the producer coming later today and then the big guns um, arriving on Sunday. So come Monday, two days out from the first test, Talk Sport will be looking the part. Um, and with a few days off for the England team over the weekend, you could say the same thing for them. Yeah, I don't think, I mentioned yesterday, I don't think they could have done any more. Nice that they've got two days completely away from it and the word was a few will be playing golf a few were talking about boat trips brilliant have some downtime because there's not a lot of downtime in this calendar that's coming up indeed the only downtime might be time that they can create themselves and by that i mean winning a test match in four days not five so maybe there's a little incentive for them say if you want a bit more downtime and let's be fair if you're in a country to have some downtime in west indies isn't a bad place to do it set yourself a target right boys let's go out Let's not be reckless. Let's not be stupid. We're going to go out and play proper cricket. But a four-day win, because you can't move your flights around here because they're so full, we get ourselves an extra day off. That's a nice incentive. You spoke to the coach, Trevor Bayliss. He's got a big incentive here, doesn't he? Because, you know, he's coming to within six months or so, possibly a bit more, actually, of his contract coming up. He's leaving this time next year uh, when we're in South Africa. Trevor Bayliss will not be there. So with a World Cup to come and Ashes, he needs to make sure 2019 starts in the right way. What kind of uh, reaction, what kind of feedback did you get, uh, or feeling rather, from uh, your chat with him uh, after the uh, end of the warm-ups? To be honest, very similar to every chat we had in Sri Lanka. He, he doesn't seem to change. And actually, I imagine from a player's point of view, that's very good. Some people get, get very high, very low. I think as a coach, you want someone who's very even all the time. You know what you're going to get with them. I guess a bit of up and down is is required at times, but he was really even. He was very happy with the practice, uh, and I put it to him about the fact that you know, 19 wickets in a day, are you really learning anything? Well, he made the point. If we were playing this as a first-class game, the game would have been over on the second day or on the very early stages of the third day, potentially. And that means they'd have had a day and a half with no meaningful cricket. So while some people are suggesting two two two-day games, 300-300 for the batsman, 19 wickets, 11 wickets, what have you learned? But they've got mileage in their legs. That is all what that is about, pure and simple. It's about mileage in the legs, and they definitely got that. Consistency is the key, I suppose. That's the uh, the mantra uh, from a coaching perspective. Let's have a little listen to what he had to say to Maka. Trevor, practice complete, start of a test series close. Are they where they need to be? Oh, look, I think so. I've been very happy with the way we've uh, performed in these four days. You know, we've got a lot of the batters have spent time out in the middle and the bowlers have had a, you know, a, a good hit out in the middle. Um, you know, and I think batters and bowlers have got some confidence out of this match. You know, we've, uh, we've played pretty well. I think the... You know, the pleasing thing for me is the way we've gone about you know our attitude in this uh, in this match sometimes you know some of the practice matches can drag on a little bit and attitudes can waver a little bit um, you know we set ourselves a challenge to um, to be on it for the four days and I, you know I think we've achieved that you managed to get mileage into everyone's legs as well Joe roots got a big one under his belt Johnny Bairstow's got a big one under his like you say it's kind of ticked most of the boxes oh yes um, but obviously you know the uh, the test next week um, coming up, uh, yeah, that's it, it's all well and good, have, you know, scoring runs and 
feeling good in uh, you know, from matches like this, but that's where the real test is, and um, I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be a, obviously a step up in class, um, but one that we've got some confidence out of. You know, the way we've played over the last um, yeah, year or two, um, especially in, in uh, the last summer and uh, Sri Lanka. Um, so you know, we go into this test full of confidence, but um, fully aware that uh, you know, the West Indies have had some good results. They beat us in a test match in England uh, you know, a couple of summers ago. Um, and they're not going to be they're not going to be easy to beat here at home. It's a good point that they do pull out strange results every now and again. If you start taking them lightly, they come back and bite you on the backside. And Stuart, Stuart Law was saying at his press conference with Middlesex the other day, you know, you give this West Indian team something to rattle rattle against and, and mm. rail against, and they'll stand up. Oh look, they've got some quality players, some good young quality players as well. So they you know, they should have a, a you know a good squad together for a number of years. Um, and, and yeah, look, they can put in some good performances. Um, so we've got to be we've got to be fully on our game to uh, to have a chance of winning this series. Uh, and as I said, we you know, we certainly won't be taking them lightly. Bringing Mark Wood out to replace Ollie Stone, only got a couple of practices practice sessions ahead of the first test. Realistically, could he be selected for the first test? Or are you already thinking of the second test for him? Yeah, look, I, to be honest, I don't think he'd be. Uh, Quite up to speed for that for that first test. We've um, we're pretty close to uh, you know we're pretty close to having our um, bowling attack um, you know set for that first test. Um, uh, so like he, he'll come in, but he'll certainly be you know it gives us an option with pace as Ollie did um, you know for those next uh, for the second and third test. A word about Ollie. Disappointment for him so early in the tour. Boy, he barely got off the plane, literally. <laughs> Yeah, look, certainly a young, a good young, uh, fast bowler on the way up. I'm sure, I'm sure he's, uh, I'm sure he's disappointed. I'm sure he'll uh, do what he can to get back as soon as he possibly can. And I've got, look, I've got no, um, I've got no. I, I, I'm quite sure he will be back um, in this uh, squad, yeah, sooner rather than later. As you know, gets himself right. He's certainly a, a guy that showed in Sri Lanka when he got his opportunity that he's uh, he certainly got some uh, some skill about him a little bit of extra pace which is good um, yeah disappointing but that's uh, that's a lot of a fast bowler can I just ask there's a big thing going on back home at the moment about coaching and the intensity and how much um, information is gathered on the strength of Marcello Bielsa admitting he sent spies to watch opposition sides train yeah. uh, the uh, manager of Leeds United oh, right. every <laughs> session apparently every opponent they've played this year he sent a spy to watch them train well cricket is quite different to that in the mm. fact that we can watch all three hours of an England training session and when are there times when you wish it was a bit more secret that you could keep things a bit more private uh, never really thought about. It. Not really. I mean, it's just it has been the way of the the, the cricket world for for years. I think we just everyone just gets on with the way we've gone about it for uh, for a number of years. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any real secrets amongst uh, you know the teams. I mean, there's only what eight, nine, ten test teams uh, now, so there's no real uh, no real secrets between uh, teams and players. Um, they get to play you know, with and against each other a fair bit these days. Um, so. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of information out there. So you won't be having anyone watching the West Indies when they go to the Kensington Oval, say? <laughs> uh, no, no, we'll uh, yeah, we'll concentrate on what we're doing. You know, we'll concentrate on us playing playing well because we know if you know if we play to our ability, um, yeah, we'll be we'll be difficult to beat. 
Well, how better to uh, improve the relaxed mood of uh, this uh, rare day off uh, than by uh, being joined by Barry Wilkinson, local man and a, a guy that can give us a little bit more insight. We touched base on this yesterday, actually, didn't we? You know, what is there to get up to in Barbados? So you've got oysters, a fish fry on a Friday night. You've got the horse racing. Um, you can head to the beach. Uh, I suppose, in a way, actually, Barry, you know, I've been in the West Indies before. And whatever island you're on, if you ask a local what's the best rum, they'll say... <laughs> the rum that comes from the island you're talking you're, you're talking on i'm not going to ask you that but in terms of the beaches here that's what barbados is or one of the reasons barbados is, fa- is famous do you have your own personal favorite i mean can you give us a little bit of a, a steer in uh, where we should be spending our time well personally i like miami beach it's on the south coast it's near atlantic shores it's just about 10 minutes away from the airport it's a really lovely beach because you've got both sides of the coast of barbados a very side a side that's uh, pretty rough we call that the side for the adults and then you've got a side if you've got kids it's very serene it's very calm you can just go and and just lie down and be assured you're not gonna uh surf away so I love Mammy Beach because I've got four kids and I like a bit of roughness in the waters as well. And then there's uh, the Boatyard, which is perhaps for me one of the most beautiful beaches in the world and I've seen quite a few. Uh, The Boatyard Beach is just a very good mixture of uh, lovely, no rocks at all, it's lovely water, white sand and it stretches very far from like the Hilton Hotel right down on the coast from Hilton, Carla Bay, uh, the boatyard down to Spring Garden. It's just a very long stretch and that's where you find a lot of jet ski operators um, getting their ply, plying their trade and they ply that trade right up to the west coast which the water is a bit rougher but it's also a very popular spot for uh, the rich and famous so you probably will, will enjoy that. Um, but like I said uh, yesterday, Simon Cowell's spends every Christmas here. He only left, I think, last week. And um, you have, like, Mark Wahlberg. All the stars are out. Rihanna, she's always here when she's here. She's, she's always on somewhere in the West Coast on the beach. So the beaches sell themselves for Barbados, but there are other attractions. There's Harrison's Cave, which is a cave that was... Um, founded in the uh, I think it was the late 60s I, I stand corrected by that but it's a it's a beautiful attraction it's an under um, it's an under earth cave uh, that you can go and go in the trams and the water actually falls on you and you see some really nice rock and some very good architecture it's a must see when you come to Barbados there's also just open uh, St Nicholas Abbey Heritage Tours have a railway so you can get in a railway and you actually go on a railway uh, around the uh, east coast of Barbados it's, it's tremendous I, I recommend it for anyone um, of course there's the nightlife if you like to, to party there are, there are lots of nightclubs lots of cultural things that happen uh, we happen to come here at a time when Arrow Day is on Monday Arrow Barrow is the founder of uh, independence for Barbados he was the first premier of the island so it's quite a significant day uh, a lot of things will be happening that you'll learn a lot about Barbados on that particular day so you know things always are happening here you just have to stay tuned to depending on what you like doing if it's rather uh, sightseeing you know that we have perhaps the most churches per capita in the world here if you like going to churches and taking pictures or, or worshiping uh, there's also also, uh, like I said, the beaches and uh, there's also the, the nightlife atmosphere, which never, ever dies. There's a 24 hour atmosphere. What about the food? The food, the thing about Barbados, I find that I would give it the plus. I'm not just saying this because I, I'm from here over the rest of the Caribbean. You can get any type of food in Barbados. Whereas I find when you go to some other parts of the, the, the Caribbean, they, they sell their food a lot. In Barbados, there are a lot of fine dining restaurants uh, without giving um, props to any. You've got Shampers, you've got Chin Chin, you've got The Cliff. Uh, those restaurants, if you if you go on TripAdvisor, are in the Zagat top 100 restaurants in the world. So 
um, food here, you get any variety of food. And then if you want local food, you can just go in town. Go in town and you, you can stop anywhere and get there anytime. There are 24-hour sports bars, um, Bubba Sports Bar is perhaps one of the most famous around the Caribbean. That's a, a sports bar that uh, Lennox Lewis has been into. Um, Mike Tyson has been there. You name it. The top brass of sports men have been in there and they have endorsed it quietly. So there's, there's just everything to do in Barbados. It just depends on, on what you like. Mate, absolutely sold. You don't work for the Tourist Board, do you? I don't, but the, the Barbados Tourism Marketing Inc. and the BHDA, they have been assisting me very well. So I, I hope I would have so sold. So you do? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I would, have, I would have sold the island well enough. But being from here for the last 42 years, I'm testimony that this is where it is. This is where it's happening. Well, a man who doesn't need to uh, be pointed in the direction of any more restaurants is Sam Ellard, that's for sure. And he's been out chatting to a couple of the local fans. Yeah, thank you very much, John. Around eight to 10,000 England fans expected to arrive in Barbados over the weekend ahead of that first test match on Wednesday. And Sean is with me at the moment, big England fan. And there's already, Sean, the warm-up games, uh, well, certainly a, a few hundred, if not a thousand England fans that have been here, 10,000 expected to be here come the first test match. Kensington over on Wednesday. It's going to be pretty lively, isn't it? Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. We just we get, came over yesterday, um, decided to come and have a look at the warm-up game, which is uh, pretty decent, to be fair. Um, the atmosphere is going to be massive next week, and we're really looking forward to it. So many England fans, uh, we're hoping for good things. Yeah, and have you been? Have you seen England play abroad before? No, this is our first first time. First time mm-hmm. So that's uh, another tick box. So uh, yeah, just really looking forward to it. Um, seen lots of it on the TV, and mm. want to be a part of it really. Yeah. And what have you made of of England's preparation so far? Uh, some batsmen scoring runs. Obviously, 19 wickets on the uh, on Wednesday. It's uh, yeah. so far so good. Yeah, absolutely. Not sure about the quality of the opposition that they're playing, to be fair. Uh, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Mm. Um, everybody looks in decent nick, so yeah, hoping for good things. Yeah. I've been talking to, uh, towards the back end of the week, quite a lot of West Indian local fans, and uh, they're quietly optimistic they maybe can cause an upset. But do you, do you think the West Indies can, can cause England problems? Um, I think it would probably be a major upset if England lost, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you. Um, obviously, we're playing in the West Indies, but they're not the team that they were. So, yeah. England should be far too strong for them. Yeah. And you've got a beer in hand. It's a Friday afternoon, isn't it, at the moment? It's the 3W, sun shining, yeah. watching England cricket. It's not a bad way to start the year, is it? No, I don't think it can get any better than <laughs> yeah. that, uh, Sam. So, yeah, just roll on next week and we're looking forward to the game. And just finally, away from the cricket, what, what sort of stuff are you here with friends? What sort of stuff are you guys getting up to in Barbados? Oh, as I say, we just, just got over yesterday, but obviously the sun's out. Um, beautiful beaches. Uh, people are really friendly, just enjoying it. Um, hopefully to go to Oystings uh, tonight. Bit of a famous night on Friday, so yeah, all good. I was told specifically to avoid oysters on a Friday night because I might get myself into some trouble. <laughs> well, we're hoping we can get into trouble, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have for you today. No podcast on Sunday. But I will be back on Monday with a show from the Kensington Oval. You will hear from the likes of Steve Harmison, Matt Pryor, maybe even Goffey, as we really begin to ramp up our build-up to the first test match between the West Indies and England. This has been following on. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you on Monday.
Now hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.